hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, at this time, we do ask that our souls will be stilled so that we may be refreshed by your word, that we may be filled, so that we can share your love and grace with others. So God, as we spend this time together, we ask you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So we're, we're moving through this series called Living the Five, and we're talking about these five ways that, that we can grow in our faith so that we can then share that faith with others. And the very first thing that we talked about is that we live in our faith through community. It, it is when we have people around us that we are able to, to grow in that faith and understanding, which was the second part, growing. Because it doesn't matter where you are on a discipleship pathway or, or, or where your, your spiritual life has taken you, you continue to grow. You continue to be strengthened in your faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then when we have that, that, that growth in our faith and our knowledge, we, we then become people who serve. We look for ways to, to make a difference in other people's lives so that what God has for us can be shared with others. And today we take another step in this journey where we talk about find, found people, find people. Found people, find people. Because once we are, are found, our goal is to reach out and find others, to, to, to give them, to share with them the good news that, that Christ loves and cares for them. Now, when I talk about finding people, I'm not talking about hide-and-go-seek or as a game that I used to play all the time whenever I was a youth director, and I did this with my confirmation class last year. We played a game called Sardines. This is where one of the kids would go and hide somewhere and then everybody else would go and try to find the, the kid hiding. And I remember, uh, several years ago when I was at, in a, a church up in Sherman, Texas, we had one kid by the name of Daniel. And, and Daniel was a master hider. We, we hated it whenever he was the last one to, to come to the room where everyone was hiding because he would go and, and we would never find him. Doesn't, doesn't matter. We would look at all of his usual hiding places in, in the church building, and he would always find a new place to hide. But, but that's not what this finding pe- find, find, found people, find people is all about. This is about once we have the love and grace of Jesus Christ inside of us, we 
want to go find people to share that love with them. Our scripture is not typically a, a lost and found passage, but, but it really is. It's from Luke chapter 15, which can be considered the gospel within the gospel. There, there are three stories that's within Luke chapter 15 that Jesus uses to talk about the importance of finding people or finding those who are lost. So we're going to take a look at the first one. So this is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. <clears throat> Hear the word of the Lord. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and placed it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Celebrate with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, one of the things that I have a tendency to do is when, when I come across a familiar passage or, or a passage that I've read over and over again, which this particular story I have, and, and probably most of you have, have read this story over and over again, you, you go to the image or the, the mindset that you originally had or, or maybe the first tendency or, or the first uh, takeaway from that passage. And for me, the very first takeaway is pictures that I see of Jesus holding a little lamb, maybe either draped over his shoulders or, or in his arms. You know, there's many different pictures, and it's talking about the cradling love of a Savior who, who comes, and, and it doesn't matter where our life has taken us or, or how much we are searching or longing for, Jesus is always there for us in the midst of our difficulties or, or when we have wandered far away. But for me today, I think the gold in this passage is the very the first two verses of what I read this morning that says this. <clears throat> All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. This is a very important important passage as we look at how Jesus is welcoming in everyone to be a part of his gospel message. The next verse talks about how the scribes and Pharisees, those who were in the know, those who were important, they looked down on Jesus that how in the world would he spend time with these outcasts, these, 
these losers, if you will, the, the message that he has shouldn't be for them. It, it should be for just us. You see, this isn't the only time in the Gospel of Luke where, where Jesus is making a point of reaching out to those whom we would call lost. And there are four opportunities that we read about Jesus reaching out to the tax collectors, reaching out to the sinners, reaching out to those who were considered outcast. The first one comes in, in Luke chapter 5. Jesus is in the process of gathering together his disciples, and we know that he pulls together in some fishermen. And then in, in Luke chapter 5, we hear of Jesus going to a tax collector by the name of Levi. And Jesus invites Levi to be a part of this grand mission. Later in, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus is sitting in a house of the scribes and the Pharisees, and he's, he's sharing a meal with them. And, and a woman comes in, and she starts pouring perfume over Jesus' feet, and she's crying. And, and the Pharisees and the scribes are just outraged that this woman is doing this, and not only outraged at that, but outraged that, that Jesus would even allow that to continue. We have this story here in, in Luke chapter 15, and then we move to Luke chapter 19, and we have one that we're probably all familiar with about a little man by the name of Zacchaeus who, who wanted to hear Jesus so badly that he climbed up a tree to hear the good news. And every single story we hear, the scribes and the Pharisees continue to talk about how Jesus was doing things wrong and how Jesus should not welcome these people into the life of the Christian, of following him, but to exclude them because they were the lowest of the low. But each time, that Jesus did this. The, the outcast were invited, and those who were in the know, they were left in amazement of the grace that Jesus shared. See, what Jesus wanted to have happen, he wanted people to follow him and his way. That was the true repentance that Jesus was offering to the outcast, not following a set of rules that the Pharisees and the scribes had, not following the rules of man, but following Christ and his way. So let, let's put these stories all together again. When we look at Levi, the tax collector that, that Jesus invited to become one of his disciples, he became one who shared the good news to all around the world at that time. When we look at the woman who, who poured perfume on Jesus' feet, Jesus looked at her and said, Go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. And then the story of Zacchaeus, whenever Jesus blessed him by going to his house to eat, Zacchaeus said, From now on, I am going to give half of what I have made to the poor. And then if I have wronged anyone, I am not only going to pay them back, but I 
am going to pay them back four times of what I have taken from them. See, these weren't written rules that, that the scribes and the Pharisees told them that they had to follow, but it was the love and grace of Jesus Christ allowing them to have that acceptance, to have that life and that life abundantly. And then the question comes up, what does that have to do with us here in Royce City, Texas today? And one of my favorite hymns, and, and I know it's a lot of your favorite hymns too, is the song Amazing Grace. And we sing that first verse where it talks about amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. See, see we're, we're, we're covered, and we know that, yes, at one time, we're lost. We're, we, we don't have anything, but once Christ comes into our lives, we are made whole. See, it's not a trick. It's not shaming. It's not trying to use little gimmicks to make people follow Jesus. It is a life-changing relationship that allows us to find people and introduce them to the love and grace of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I'm amazed of uh, billboard theology, and, and I've seen billboards that are around that I just have to shake my head and go, how in the world is that billboard going to show someone that Jesus loves them when instead it condemns them immediately without them knowing who God is? So how, how do we make this work? Well, first and foremost, we have to get out of ourselves. I, I shared the story during the offering during the early service and, and uh, wanted to share it here too. It was a time that Sam was over, our grandson Samuel was at our house and he was playing with a blanket and he would put the blanket over his head and we would hear him giggle because he was hiding from us even though we could see his legs and his feet coming out from the blanket as he was sitting in the middle of the room. Like we had no idea that Sam was there. So we started doing, Samuel, where are you? And all of a sudden the blanket would come off of his head and he would start laughing and he would giggle and he would invite either Tracy or I to come and join him underneath the blanket, which you could really see us now with these big old giant legs coming out from underneath the blanket, the blanket shaking because Sam is laughing so hard. And then we would rip the blanket off, and, and those who were in the room would be able to see us and laugh with us. I think we have a tendency to do that as the church. I think we know how much joy and how much, much peace and, and, and love that we have inside this building that, that we giggle and we laugh and go, boy, it would be great for other people to, to be able to experience this too, but we stay in this safe confine of a building. But if we are found people, 
who are called to find other people. We need to rip the blankets off of ourselves and go out into the world and share the joy that we have right here and right now. See, see we have to show interest in other people. We, we can't be just so inwardly focused of who we are. We need to let other people know that they matter. And one of the ways that we do that is that we just share our story. We share our story about what God has done for us. And that's intimidating. I know it can be intimidating. Because you may say, well, Chris, I, I don't know the Bible. I can't tell you all of the book of Jonah. I, I can't quote some of the passages that are in the scripture. But you don't have to. You don't have to be able to share line and verse of scripture to help those find Jesus. All you have to do is tell them your story, how God has so graciously reached out to you and given you this life and this life abundantly so that they may be filled as, as you are filled. See, the most important way is, is to not allow your fear or not knowing enough of the word of God to keep you from sharing the word of God. That's the whole point of Romans chapter 10, verse 14, that reminds us, how can they call on someone they don't have faith in? And how can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of? And how can they hear without a preacher? Now, my friends, let me tell you this. When they talk about how can they hear without a preacher, they're not talking about me. They're talking about each and every one of you. You have a story to tell about God's amazing grace and God's love in your life. And that helps those who need to be found to be found and to express the love and grace of God. There's a pastor by the name of Leonard Sweet who talks about the communion table as this, this gathering place. And make sure I get his quote right. He says, the table is the place where community is found and identity is formed. So this table is more than just something we do monthly. But this table allows for us to be in community. When, when we gather around the table and partake of the bread and, and, and drink from the cup, we are stating our identity as ones in whom Christ dwells and delights and that we live in God's unshakable kingdom. When we come to this table, we, we offer an invitation. That's not just for members of Roy City First United Methodist Church. It's not just an invitation for those who call themselves Methodist, but it's an invitation for those who desire a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ to come and take the bread and then take the cup and then be strengthened by this holy mystery that we call communion. So that is your invitation, to, to come and to be filled by this holy mystery, the, the, this, this holy meal, so that you may be strengthened as found people to go out and find those 
who need God's love and grace. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we come to this table, as we come knowing that you have so graciously poured yourself out for us, we ask that you use this, this holy meal to strengthen us, to, to look around us, to, to take interest in people, not so that we can put another notch in our belt, but that so that we can share this great thing that you have done through your love and your grace. So God, we ask that you bless this time together and bless this table as we gather around it. Help us to be your hands and feet to the world around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.